Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to the November 2016 CTSS quiz. Ten terrific cases, and let's take a look. On this first case, I asked, what is the least likely diagnosis? If you look at the images, what you see is a mass which appears to involve the left ventricle. You can see it nicely on the axial and coronal plane. If I had to pick a, a mass, I would be thinking about angiosarcoma because it seems to be growing into the left ventricle. I would also consider lymphoma. That's a great thought. And metastasis can do this. This is not a pseudolesion, so it's kind of an easy case. There's no way that's a pseudolesion. Sometimes you see flow-related changes within chambers or vessels, and you could be fooled, but this is definitely a mass. You see the compression of the myocardium on the left side. Um, just to be exact, this indeed was metastatic melanoma to the left ventricle. It surely was not a pseudolesion. This patient presented with vomiting, was drinking. What's going on? Big time consolidation, pleural effusions, lots of air. The air is really where the esophagus is, goes against the aorta. That's not the look typically of tracheal perforation. It's not a pneumomediastinum in and of itself, and it's not just aspiration pneumonia. I'm sure the patient did aspirate. The best answer is Borhoff syndrome, which is perforation of the esophagus in a patient who had a drinking binge and is vomiting. Very nice example. We don't often see this on CT, but it's just a classic case. I always like to think about cases that can fool you. When you look at the image on the left, you quickly say there's an adenoma of the adrenal gland. And you notice it does come near the stomach, and maybe it's still an adenoma. Enlarged node, eh, it's a funny place for a node. I don't see other nodes. It's not enhancing like a pheo, but I still would think maybe adrenal. But you look at it, the second image, the image on your right, it's against the stomach. And in fact, if you looked at all of the images, it was clear this was off the stomach. This was a gastric gist tumor. 70% of gist tumors arise from the stomach. They can be very small. This is just a couple of centimeters. And if they sit in the right spot, they can easily simulate a gastric mass which it is, but it can simulate an adrenal lesion. So we've seen adrenal lesions fool you as thinking they're pancreas or stomach. Here's a great example of a stomach lesion kind of fooling you, at least on these images, to think that it's an adrenal lesion. This patient had abdominal pain, and it's an interesting case because this was misdiagnosed in several outside CT scans. The ones I saw from the outside had positive contrast. This case, you notice something in the left upper quadrant, and I'm showing it to you in 3D with different windows. The image on your right has a very uh, narrow window, and you can see whatever we're looking at is very dense. This is with contrast. Well, you can think about a sponge, but, you know, it doesn't look like a sponge. There's no ring or barium. Could this be lymphoma? I guess it could be a mesenteric mass, but lymphoma, unless you radiate, does not calcify typically. Carcinoid tumors can calcify. 70% have mesenteric masses that calcify, but then you would have a desmoplastic reaction, which I don't see. Now, when you look at the images here, it's a great example of an exophytic mass. This was a gist tumor arising off the jejunum. It was about five and a half centimeters, just an easy lesion to miss. This is a great case. What's the diagnosis? 
multiple ribs, multiple lesions. You can see lesions in the spine as well. If you focus on the ribs, they look so bubbly. They looked expanded. It's not the lytic appearance of myeloma or metastasis or the thickening of the cortex in Paget's disease. This is a wonderful example of fibrous dysplasia. Expansion, cystic changes involving multiple bones. Just a wonderful case. This case, you look, two images, there's a mass in the adrenal on the left. On the contrast study, there's really no enhancement. The mass has rim-like calcification. You know, when we talk about calcification punctate, then I think of adrenal myelipoma. If I think about carcinoma, I see an enhancing lesion with dysplastic calcification. When I see rim-like calcification, I think of an old hematoma. Now, could this be a pseudocyst? I guess, theoretically, the answer is yes. The pseudocysts don't typically calcify. The best answer here is an adrenal hematoma. It's not an acute bleed. It's an old adrenal hematoma. Just a terrific case. This patient had hematuria, and this is not a very tricky case, but I want to show you a couple very nice CT urographic images. You can see there's something infiltrating the mid to lower pole of the left kidney. There's something infiltrating the hilum. You can see the uh, irregularity of the calyces. This is not the filling defect of a blood clot or the mass effect of a renal cell carcinoma or the blunting of polynephritis. This is really uh, going to be carcinoma, classic for transitional cell carcinoma. Again, destruction of the calyces really sets the diagnosis in place. This is a great case. We were doing a coronary CTA in this patient. And look at that filling defect, which you can track down on these very nice gated images to coming off the aortic valve. You can get blood clots there, but they're not smooth like this. You can get pseudo lesions, particularly with motion, but there's no motion here. Could this be vegetations? I guess it could be, but you can see it's really coming off the valve leaflets. And if you watch this, it would kind of go up and down like a polyp equivalent. And this was a very unusual lesion, but it's classic. A papillary fibroelastoma of the aortic valve. That's where they occur. You can see a thin little stalk, and these have to be removed surgically. Then patients will do well. If you don't diagnose them, patients will get uh, embolic phenomena to almost everywhere. can be really catastrophic. This is a great case, and I asked you, the key finding in this case is associated with all of the following except for. Well, what's the finding? Look at the aorta. You see the bicuspid aortic valve with calcification. Uh, this is a nice example of a bicuspid aortic valve. Okay, then the question is, what do you see with bicuspid aortic valves? Well, we all know coarctation, but what else? VSD and Turner's are the answer. You don't see bicuspid valves associated with ASD, and so ASD is the correct answer because it's the only thing that you don't see with a bicuspid aortic valve. This patient had a gunshot wound, and I'm asking you what's the findings. And this is two very nice images. One show you the entry wound for the in the muscle. You see the muscle planes. And then I take the muscle away, I take the bone away, and now you see the vessels, you see the popliteal to the trifurcation vessels, 
you see the posterior tibial, you see the uh, perineal, and then you see the anterior tibial for a couple centimeters, then it's occluded. And I ask you what the key finding is, and of course the answer is occlusion of the proximal anterior tibial artery. Just a very nice example. So those are 10 terrific cases. I hope you got them all right. But more importantly, I hope you learned something from the cases. And we'll see you back here same time, same day next month. Catch you then.